Hello everyone, my name is Jimmy Kennedy, and today I'm going to tell you about wealth inequality in America. So I'm going to address a major debatable topic in America that many have tried to address but have failed to address all the parts of the issue. My goal today is to give everyone a basic, holistic understanding of wealth inequality. Now, before I start talking about the issue, we need to make sure that everyone is clear and understands what wealth inequality is. So what is meant by wealth inequality, also known as the wealth gap? Wealth inequality in the United States is the unequal distribution of assets among residents of the United States. Wealth includes the values of homes, automobiles, personal valuables, businesses, savings, and investments. Since we all now know what wealth inequality is, let me go ahead and educate you on how wealth inequality works and tell you some things about it. So wealth inequality, um, if you want to compare it to like a category of things that you can throw it in, um, I would call it an unfair categorization. So meaning it goes in with everything that's unfair and that's just how life is. So you can kind of throw it in there with other things related to it. Now, if you want a comparison for uh, wealth inequality, something that you could like an example to put it to. So wealth inequality is like being a king and everyone else is a serf. The king makes executive decisions and they get treated like a god, although they aren't any different than a regular person, just with some authority and a crown bestowed upon their head, whether they happen to deserve it or not. So what we know is that the top dog may work hard, but how much harder do they actually work? So now let me go ahead and explain the relationship of wealth and equality. So the top 1% has everything because of unequal distribution, and this causes everyone to have unequal incomes due to such large differences in salaries. When the poor and even the middle class have nothing to show for, this leads to wealth inequality because they don't have any assets if they don't have any spare money at the end of the day. We know that if the top 1% gets paid more to scale, then the money should go more towards the working class. The problem is that they don't get paid to scale. So I'm going to go ahead and now explain things that are possible and impossible for wealth inequality in America. What we know that is possible is that it's possible to change things and make them better. That's for sure. There are good ways to address the problems that Americans are currently facing over wealth inequality and make them less impactful on Americans. Things that will be impossible. What will be impossible is socialism and a perfectly balanced society where everyone can live magically happily. The reason why is because life isn't fair and that's just how it is. And as we know, socialism is not the most successful solution. A past fact is that socialism has never successfully fully worked in any country and it has always failed. A good way to think about this is the Soviet Union. Um, that's probably the best way to compare socialism and its failure. A future fact, so something that eventually will be true, is that if we don't do something about wealth inequality in America and the income gap, then the consequences will be steep. It will lead to a road where we must either choose authoritarian leaders who will promise us a time from the past or an economic construct similar to socialism, neither of which are going to be good things. Um, authoritarian leaders where they promise you a time from the past, an example of that would be Adolf Hitler uh, with Germany, where he promised people um, better lives, you know, and that they would 
everything would be better and he did this and he blamed things on the Jews for all of that and as we know uh, he was a bad man and took the country down a bad path and a construct similar to socialism as we know is not good so a famous quote or maxim that I'm going to go ahead and say there is so much wealth and so much misery at the same time that it seems incredible that people can endure such class difference and accept such a form of hunger while on the other hand, the millionaires throw away millions on stupidities. This quote was said by Frida Kalho, a Mexican artist that was writing about New York City in the 1930s. The 1930s was the Great Depression, as we know. And what this quote basically says is that we have people that are incredibly wealthy in our country, and then we have people that are incredibly poor. And you're wondering, how can this be possible? Because if there's so much money out there, then how is it that the poor don't have it? Well, the reason why was because the wealthy, where they were keeping their money with themselves, um, they were choosing to find ways and unfair advantages to keep themselves wealthy no matter what, and they were hogging all the money. And during the Great Depression, what America lacked or failed to have was a middle class. You were basically either incredibly poor or incredibly wealthy. And that was the issue. And what we do know about America is that we've always successfully ran things well when we had a strong middle class. The reason why is because it's our working class. So now some statistics that I'm going to go ahead and read off. These are going to be from stlouisfed.org. The top 10% of income earners from 1989 to 2016 went from 42% to 50%. What this fact tells you is that the top 10% of income earners are actually, they're getting more money. They are getting wealthier. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess you could say, but the problem is that we don't see this distribution to other classes of people that are in different percentages. Another fact, the bottom 50% earned 3% of America's wealth in 1989, and the bottom 50% of Americans in 2016 had 1% of the country's wealth. So what this tells you is that our bottom 50% of Americans are getting poor over time from 89 to 2016. Um, obviously, that's not good. So they're getting poor. The reason why is because they're not getting wage increases. And obviously, if your people at the top of the ladder keep earning more money, it's not being distributed properly. Another fact, the median 50th percentile of white families made more than the 50th percentile of black families. So what this tells you is that it's not a fair opportunity for everyone to get wealthy. Now, another fact that I'm going to read to you guys in a minute, you might want to think about this because that will come up later. So now I'm going to go ahead and read off some other facts from inequality.org. As the decline of labor unions have happened, inequality becomes more extreme for individuals, and there is a direct correlation. And you're going to wonder, why is this fact true? What's, what's up with labor unions and when they decline, inequality becomes more severe? The reason why is because labor unions are intended to prevent corruption and protect workers and their rights. This is because they have set wages for individuals based on their capabilities and brackets. And then you have to think, how did labor unions magically decline in America? The reason why is because our industry is shifting to other countries. When it shifts to other countries, that leads our industry to fail and people lose their jobs and unions are going to go down because unions are based off of industry, primarily blue collar based fields. To protect these people 
And when you do that, because Americans make more money than people do in other countries, it leaves the CEO when they outsource their work to another country, it leaves more money in their pocket, and then they don't have to pay Americans. And then that leaves other Americans other than that top 10% way poorer than they were before the industry shifted. Another fact is that the highest percentage of top earners are white and primarily men. It's just a fact. Um, The reason why, uh, probably because it's not a fair opportunity for everyone. As I said, the 50th percentile of black families are not making as much as white families, so it's not a fair advantage for everyone. Another fact, the richest 5% of Americans own two-thirds of the available wealth in America. What this tells you is that that top 5% of people are basically running everything that happens in the country. And it makes sense that they're running a lot of things. Should they be able to run two-thirds? I don't know about that. I don't know that a lot of people would agree on that. And with the richest 5%, uh, having two-thirds of our country's wealth, uh, what that tells you is that it's not distributed properly because it should probably be a larger percentage of richest Americans that own two-thirds. It should be more like 10% or the richest 15% or richest 20% of Americans own two-thirds, not the richest 5%. That tells you that this bracket of people are incredibly wealthy that are the richest 5%. Primarily people that are CEOs of you know large corporations. And for those who are at the bottom of the line, they aren't getting increases in pay. One of the lowest jobs most people might think of pay-wise for those who have nowhere else to go, there is always food service, so people like servers. A very shocking statistic about servers in the United States is that they have not seen a raise in 28 years. That is a crazy fact. Um, 28 years is a long time for no one to see a raise. What this tells you is that people who are poor, they keep getting poor, and the winners, the wealthiest, only keep getting wealthier. So it's a backward system where winners always win and win more and more and the losers just keep losing with no opportunity for the losers at all at the end of the day so that's not good now some conclusions that we're gonna i'm gonna make about wealth inequality in america so what we know about wealth inequality is that it's not fair and it leads to more suffering than there are benefiting at the end of the day although those who benefit benefit a lot but we know this isn't good for the majority of the population because those who are winning are not the majority of our population. Wealth inequality leaves few successful and many to rot and stuck in the position that they are in. This is what we happen to see with the working class. They're stuck this way. There's no promotion for them, and they're forced to work very, very hard, so that way simply someone else can make a large salary, which, not to say that the person up top shouldn't get a large salary, but they're getting a crazy salary that it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you can't even work enough hours in the day for them to be compensated for something like that. It's just not, no human is that possibly that productive. And this is why the United States has generations of the same families suffering the exact same circumstances. Uh, This is also known as what I like to call myself, recycling down the line, just where you have poverty and more poverty and family generations for these people never change. They're just stuck that way. And they don't have a chance to get up, uh, you know, out of the poverty. So wealth inequality is getting far worse than it was before. The statistics tell us that it has become progressively a worse problem each and every year. The reasons why we see this growth is due to the wealthy winning many more times than the less fortunate do. 
Old money seems to stay where it is forever and never leaves these people's hands. There is not enough new money, and corporations are becoming more like monopolies, not allowing anyone else a chance in their market. CEOs are paid massive amounts of money that doesn't even add up to the work that they do. Not that they don't work hard, but it's impossible for any person to earn a salary like that when there isn't enough hours in each day to compensate them for this. The top 1% has too much influence on society and has robbed most of our country's wealth. The CEOs are saving companies massive amounts of money at a great cost to society. The primary reason is that many companies have outsourced work to other countries, allowing them to make more massive profits with cheaper workers to pay, like China, Taiwan, all other places, meaning that more money in their pockets to take home ever than seen before. With a system like this, the wealth can't be distributed to the country of origin since the money is being sent elsewhere. The bottom line is something needs to be done in order to change the way that people can benefit. The easiest way to do this, which is not liked by big and bad companies, but liked by most Americans that are the working class, is to keep industry here. America's most recent efforts that did this was the movement of large companies, Toyota and Mazda, both car manufacturers, who recently moved from Mexico to the United States. By industry like this shifting back here, it gives more people a better opportunity. Even though these are not American companies, both Japanese, it gives benefits that we have not had in years since most automotive left this country years ago. Just these two companies alone are adding 4,000 good jobs to the market. And these are things that we need to hear more of. And when more things like this happen, this will cause wealth inequality to shift and we will have more wealth equality than inequality. And what that will do is change the outlook for people who are at that richest 1%, 5%, and all of those super high up brackets. And this is all that I have to say for wealth inequality. Now to go ahead and end this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and play a song that you guys might be able to catch on to. The name of the song is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. This song will explain how we can do anything, but we cannot do everything. And that people's ambition to run as many things as possible, hence the name, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And I'll go ahead and let you guys listen to it.